With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. It could be a beautiful day. Life is, my friend, what you make of it. Now, obviously, um, if you've listened to the show before, you know that there's no one who, more than me, feels that sometime, uh, if there is a, sometimes, if there is a God, uh, being ejected from bed in the morning at 6.45 a.m. is just another cruel prank that God has played on me to illustrate just how much better everyone I went to high school's life is than mine. That's my default setting when I wake up in the morning a lot of the time, but it really is what the hell you make of it. It's an interesting one in this country at the moment because I don't think I've ever seen in America. It's something I grew up with in England. Uh, something I definitely grew up in England where sort of being looked after was seen as being a right. You look to the government to take care of your life in England. They have things like socialized medicine. If you lose your job, well, the government's going to pay your rent till you find another one. And they're going to pay you unemployment as well. It's called going on the dole, and everybody does it over there. Or a lot of people do it over there. It creates, as much as I love England, and I wouldn't trade growing up over there for anything in the world, it creates a certain amount of apathy. It creates a certain amount of... Laziness. It creates a certain amount of unwillingness to try and step out from the pack and be more than. And for those that do try and step out from the pack and be more than, ooh, you're not looked upon fondly by a lot of people. The moment you drive a vaguely nice car, you're referred to as a flash, can't say it on the radio. Someone who works hard to get themselves something nice immediately is seen as someone who's an elitist, a show-off. They're reviled. Not by everyone, but by a large chunk of English society. Now, can you directly equate that with sort of like socialized medicine and uh, being able to live without working more easily there than I think you can anywhere else uh, that I've ever lived? Maybe, maybe not. All I know is that in America, that looking to the government to look after you thing, that's something that wasn't really a thing up until recently, or at least that was my perception of it. People are looking toward Obama to help them get a home. People are looking toward Obama to help them get a job. People are looking toward Obama to look after their health needs. And yeah, I do believe that we use universal, that we need universal health care and health care should be a right And Obamacare, apparently, not working so hot. But people are looking to the government to make positive changes in their lives. People are looking to the government to make them happy. That is a one-way trip to disappointment, Phil. 
It's all what you make of it. You write your own story when you get up in the morning. You are the captain of your own ship. Sail it somewhere good. If I can smash all your fingers so you could never touch a guitar again and make that horrible thing that you so laughably call music. That's not what the word music means. That's not how you use it. You gave it a shot. You tried your best. Your best just sucked without enough. So hang it up. Just give it up. It's time somebody lets you know that you will never be good enough. You will never be one of us. You will never be good enough. You know why? Hey, you, what's that sound? I'm coming so loud through your radio dial AD. Be getting down when you're rocking the jams. Here I am, going back once again. I'm ruling all city. How comfortable are you with your uh, with your body image? Are you one of those people that just you know? Revels, 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 revels. I don't know. Loves running around naked. Like when you go home, is it pants off? I gotta be free. Gotta let the little guy dangle in the breeze. Or if you're uh, if you're a chick, uh, let the girls out to breathe. Free the puppies. How comfortable are you in your own skin? Because how about you? But I can I can manage to feel self conscious alone in my house all by myself doing absolutely nothing like if i get out of the shower the robe is on and when the robe is not on the amount of time that uh my skin is exposed to the elements is remarkably short i basically uh, do you do this i basically sort of like air dry in the robe and then the moment I feel I'm dry enough to the point where putting on undergarments wouldn't be an uncomfortable mess where it would feel like a tangled hammock between my nether regions when I tried to put on my underwear, that's when I, uh, I, I put on the underoos and go off into my day. So total time completely naked when getting out of the shower, probably less than a minute. And uh, I, I think... I think it might have something to do with growing up in England and uh, and having instilled in myself a good amount of uh, uptightness, fear, and shame. I'm not entirely sure where it comes from, but I'm not one of those, I gotta be free, I gotta be free type of individuals. Consequently, when I was a kid, um, I don't know about you, but I was not one of those guys that was like, hey, I'm totally okay with showering naked with all my classmates. Uh, that wasn't a thing. I think maybe my self-consciousness comes from the fact that um, <laughs> my self-consciousness comes from the fact that, all right, I have an English father. I'm half English. I grew up in Europe. I was born in Europe. Um, I did not have the extra half inch and added sensitivity removed from my junk when I arrived screaming into this world. Still uh, still rocking uh, the manly equipment south of the equator as uh, God would intend. And... um the one or two times that I did shower with kids back in the day, like uh, when you're a child, it's a little unsettling when um, your classmates are standing laughing and pointing at your junk. So I tended to avoid showers. I found them to be embarrassing. It was only after I hit puberty that I began to feel okay with myself again because I was forced to shower with uh, a bunch of my classmates and they were laughing and pointing at me um, 
and, uh, and, and pointing directly at my nether regions, but for an entirely different reason, which was I hit puberty about a year and a half before everybody else did. So, um, <laughs> I was, uh, I, I was, I was a tad better equipped than most of my classmates, which they found hilarious and amazing. But I was like, Hey, if you're going to take a rumor out into the, uh, the hallways of our school, I'd rather it be that one. And, uh, they were, they, they, they marveled over the magnificence of the old pork sword. And, um, that was kind of cool. Not necessarily something that I want to happen on a regular basis, but it did squeegee the unpleasantness of being, like, stared at, laughed at, and having someone go, It looks like a snake wearing a sweater! Ah! So anyway, I think maybe it's some holdover from that, but I'm not terribly comfortable um, showering with other dudes. Even if I have a choice, you know, like, when it comes to bathroom situations, I'd rather not, like be at the urinal with another guy standing next to me. I certainly don't ever want them to make conversation with me while we're taking care of business. I don't know what it is. I, I, I find bathroom things to be private times. Same with, like, relationships and stuff. Like, I don't know, my attitude toward bathroom activities and relationships, whether it's the, the girl talking to the guy or the guy talking to the girl... I uh, I sort of adopt the attitude that our military used to have toward homosexuals. Don't ask, don't tell. Don't take the romance out of the relationship by uh, um, letting me know exactly who's winning the battle, you or the turd. Don't need to know that, don't want to know, don't care. So I guess when it comes to all these things, I think there's a reasonable expectation of privacy. And uh, I, I don't uh, I don't choose to break that down. And when someone else does, when someone else decides to get chatty with me at the urinal, I kind of resent that a little bit and view that as an invasion of my personal space. Which is something I didn't really give a tremendous amount of thought to until I found out that, uh, well, in case you're wondering, the folks over at ESPN took it upon themselves to report on uh, Michael Sam the openly homosexual NFL player, and whether or not he's showering with his teammates. If that was a burning question in your mind, they got you covered. During the uh, morning sports center yesterday, the reporter, Josina Anderson, revealed she had spoken to multiple Rams players who told her Sam had not yet been spotted in the locker room showers. She reports that an unnamed defensive player told her that Sam is, and I quote, respecting our space by avoiding the showers when other players are present. Meanwhile, defensive tackle Kendall Langford and linebacker Alec Oltry told her that they did not know if Sam was intentionally avoiding the showers and were, and I quote, not tracking that. (laughs) Uh, When he finally does shower with the guys, will ESPN break in to report? I wonder. Slow news day at ESPN. Either that or it's, you know, cheap voyeuristic journalism masquerading as an actual respected news media outlet. I'll just throw that eventuality out there. I wonder, though, it got me thinking. I wonder if it's, you know, like they say that Michael Sam's respecting their space. And that's very considerate of them, of him. If he is, if that's the case, then, you know, I think he's extending or not extending. Uh, (laughs) uh, Hold on a second. 
That was a wildly poor choice of words. I think he is, let's just go with it, I think he's extending an olive branch and perhaps overcompensating. That was my first thought. He was doing his very best to make his teammates comfortable and make it sort of as much of a non-issue as possible. Not by announcing it, but but just not showing up and uh, causing a situation that he perceived could make folks a little uneasy. But I did wind up thinking, I was like, hey, I wonder if it has anything to do with his boyfriend being like, um, yeah, here's something I don't like. Like, think about it. If you had your wife or your girlfriend and uh, she told you that she was going to go uh, lather up with, you know, 10 to 15 other muscly, soapy dudes, how would you feel about that? Yeah. Uh, I wonder if he's just being considerate to his boyfriend as opposed to actually uh, (laughs) trying to break the NFL in to having gay players. I don't know. I do know this, though. Today in the show, you and I will discuss a crew member from cops getting shot and killed by a cop. And a large Tea Party group who organized a shopping trip to support looted Ferguson businesses. I love this story. Right now, though, let's take a look at the events of today in a segment we like to call My Witness News. In no way, shape, or form fair. Certainly not balanced. Funkhauser, A, how are you? B, what's going on? Too many questions. (laughs) Uh, I'm good. How's the cohabiting situation going? Have you uh, hit any bumps in the road with your uh, significant female other when it comes to dividing everything 50-50 the way you said you uh, you got out the whiteboard and outlined when you were romantically entering into that portion of your relationship? <laughs> romantically entering indeed. Uh, yes, we talked about <laughs> it last night on the, uh, well, you know, on the first of the month when it's government day. Uh, we're right. gonna We're going to work that out. You gonna work that out? Work that so you out. haven't yet. I thought. I thought the whole purpose of breaking out the whiteboard before you cohabited with your significant other was so you wouldn't have to work things oh, out no. on the first of the month. Rough draft. Rough draft. Rough draft. Yeah. Nah, it was a right. test. It was a test. If it was comprehensible. Now, the tone of the conversation that you had um, regarding the bills on the first of the month, was it sort of like, yeah, yeah, okay, uh, I guess we'll, uh, we'll, we'll just, you know, we'll just uh, kick that unpleasant subject a week or so further down the road and deal with it then, yeah, mm-hmm. or was it totally fine, cool, and you think you're well-equipped to move forward with this? The other, the second one. The second one. <laughs> Good. We're glad to hear it. We will be uh, whipping out our own whiteboard and uh, keeping score of the Funkhauser 50-50 cohabiting relationship. Make sure you use multiple colors. <laughs> what color would you like to be on the whiteboard? Not red. Okay. Uh, what is going on and, in the world? And in life, I think. Right. Uh, stay out of the red. Uh, the creator of The Sopranos made it sound like Tony is still alive. Oh, well, you know, perfect time to break this news, which is, of course, excellent news, because now they can do a reunion show where he... Oh, Uh. wait. Yeah, not so much. Crap. (laughs) What else? Lindsay Lohan reportedly prefers being in a relationship with women, but likes sex better with men. Hmm. Not me. (laughs) Maybe she can have the best of both worlds and date Bruce Jenner. I can understand. I, I could understand that whole sort of situation. It's like Sam Kinison said, you know, uh, women are absolutely effing nuts, but what are you going to do? You have to love women because it's either that or, you know, the alternate. 
which is not appetizing to a lot of folks. It's like, thanks a lot, God, when you created creation. Thanks a lot for the wide and varied menu options that we have down here. We can either put up with a woman and she can put up with us because, you know, quite frankly, I I don't think it's any real picnic uh, dealing with men if you're a chick. But, you know, unless you happen to find another man's genitalia delicious, therein lies the rub, or doesn't lie the rub, so to speak. So I can totally understand that Lindsay Lohan wants to date women, finds it easier to be in relationships with women. Maybe she just wants women. friends. Mm, maybe she just wants friends. I don't know. When it comes to getting horizontal, though, she enjoys the uh, <laughs> she enjoys the old pork sword, and who can blame her for that? Uh, what else? Well... Kim Kardashian's up in the news again. Kim Kardashian will guest star on the sitcom Two Broke Girls, which is about right. waitresses with no money. Right. One of yeah, my yeah. favorite shows. And Cleavage. Yeah, yeah. It's about Cleavage, too. It's about Cleavage. Well, the one chick is is, is kind of flat. The one that's supposed to be all Paris Hilton-y looking. She's like, she's not, she is not rocking uh, a situation north of the equator. And uh, the other one is is one of the most... What's her name? Kat Dennings? Yeah. One of the most uh, generously double-breasted females this side of the entertainment business. And also, if you follow her on Twitter, legitimately very funny. It's true. But yeah, Kim Kardashian's going to be on Two Broke Girls, about waitresses with no money, the way Kim Kardashian would have been if her mom hadn't hoard out her sex tape. What else? I'll have an order of vocal fries, please. <laughs> um, the homeless guy Miley Cyrus brought to the VMAs has a criminal record. Yeah. Bummer, dude. Yeah. He's still more embarrassed to hang out with her than she is to hang out with him. <laughs> it's so sad. <laughs> what else? 72-year-old Harrison Ford may return for a Blade Runner sequel. Mm-hmm. He was in the they first already... one? Yeah, that's kind of yeah. This is the part of you that hasn't seen Star Wars, yeah. right? Nope. Yeah. Well, he was in that. I know he was in that. Yeah, yeah no problem. At all. Uh, they already have a title: Blade Shuffler. <laughs> uh, I think Harrison this time, Ford is not laughing right now. Yeah, Harrison Ford will still be an enemy of machinery, but this time, instead of hunting down robots, he'll be fighting with his cable remote. He'll take on new foes like salt and sugar and the kids that won't stay the hell off of his lawn. What else? Matt Damon. He did his ice bucket challenge video with toilet water. Yeah. And up until this point, the only way to see a celebrity covered in water from a toilet was to hang out with Andy Dick on a Saturday night. Have you have you ever seen um have you ever seen porn that involved like dunking the chick's head in the toilet? It has crossed my browser once or twice. <laughs> yeah, no, like I it's and it's not even that graphic or crazy or anything, but like it makes me know that, uh, you know, because everybody loves to go like, oh, I'm perverted, I'm wild, I'm cra-. and like, I see that, and I'm like, eh, maybe not so much. Uh, yeah, at no point has it ever entered my consciousness to be like, you know, it'd be really hot to be taking her roughly from behind while giving her a swirly. I don't think so. Sometimes you just know you're done You're longing for that shining sun You walk these streets most every day You're waiting to get washed away Time won't stop 
it is to hang out with your dogs. Did you celebrate National Dog Day on Tuesday? Ironically, it was uh, ironically it was not only National Dog Day. It also happened to be uh, National Day of Women's Equality, which I found to be wildly ironic. I was like, really? Seriously? I mean, don't get me wrong here. I love dogs. I love women. But, like... The fact that women have to share their day of national equality with a different species doesn't make them seem very equal. Doesn't really make it feel like you've come a long way, baby. And the ultimately ironic part was the fact that I would imagine that Women's Equality Day was around before National Dog Day. So at some point, the people making uh, coming up with the idea for National Dog Day were like, okay, we need a day for dogs. Uh, anything else going on? this day in uh, August. Well, there's this Women's Equality Day. Ah, National Dog Day it is. Uh, Yeah, a tad ironic. But here's the thing. If you do have a dog and you miss National Dog Day, do something awesome for your dog. Extra walk, extra treat, extra playtime. Something that makes them happy. Something, you know, that makes them happy because they really, truly are our best friends. They are scientifically proven to be man's best friend. And if you don't have a dog, if you don't have a dog, get one. It'll make you a better person. I don't care if you're Gandhi. I don't care if you're Mother Teresa. Having a dog will make you better than you were before. A dog teaches you how to love. Dogs are amazing. Every day should be National Dog Day. It was about a year ago that my dog, Mabel, passed away. It's really, really difficult. Um, and it doesn't make it any easier. But I realized when I lost her that, well, dogs, dogs, I think, come into our lives to teach us about love. I think they teach us how to love in a certain way that we maybe don't know how to do until we have a dog or maybe a child of our own. But it's that thing that loves you unconditionally that is always stoked to see you. Which your kid will not be, by the way. Maybe initially. But uh, that'll fade. Oh, that'll fade. He said, not ever having had kids and having nothing to base it on. But yeah, a dog scientifically proven to be man's best friend. When you hang out with your dog, it releases this chemical in you called oxytocin. It makes you feel good. makes you feel loved and connected. And you know what? does the same thing for a dog. Dogs have evolved to this point where they have hooked up with the species on Earth that's kind of running the show and made themselves absolutely integral to our lives. Dogs serve a function. I'm not necessarily a spiritual individual, but if you do look for proof of intelligent design or a creator or something of that nature, the relationship between man and dog 
is possibly, I think, some of the best examples of the idea is is one of the best example examples of this idea that a creator went, hey, you're going to need something to help you out, get you through life, be your partner. Back in the day, he's going to help you hunt. He's going to help you provide food, and he's going to help you look after your family, and then he's going to guard your family. He's going to guard your crops. He's going to guard your flock. He's going to guard your children, and he will be your partner in all things, and all he wants is to love you. If that's not proof of a creator going, I'm going to put something on earth to help you out. I really don't know what is. But yeah, Tuesday was National Dog Day. If you don't have a dog, get one. And if you do have a dog, make every day National Dog Day. Let's finish up the news. Funkhauser, what else has been going on? I have three dogs. I don't recommend you have three. Three? Yeah, I can, you don't, know, don't do that. I, um, Too I've much always love. Had, I've always had, well, yeah. I've always had two. Whenever I've had two and been babysitting a third... That's when walk time gets a little bit interesting. Trying to keep the uh, the pack moving in the same direction while you're out in the street can prove to be a little challenging with a third dog. Do you find that with yours? Uh, yep. Everything's a little challenging with three of them. <laughs> I had two. Girlfriend had one. Now we have three. Oh, you're like the Brady Bunch of dogs. That's awesome. Yeah, without You've the theme song your... or the fun. <laughs> You've combined your dog family. How's that gone? Like, uh, do your dogs get along? Yeah, I mean, they're all about the same size and stuff, and uh, we've come up with a plan on how to um, urinate <laughs> in the new house, and it's it's been going okay. Hopefully outside of the new house. Outside, yes. The plan exists in the new house. The urination, hopefully, not so much. Uh, <laughs> go on. A teenager in Pennsylvania was arrested for waving a rubber penis out his window at other drivers. <laughs> uh, this is, of course, a clear violation of the penal code. Penal code? Yeah. All the I penal that's codes. That's what they... All the penal codes. I, I laugh only because that seems like exactly the sort of thing I would have done as a teenager should I manage to... <laughs> should I manage to be in possession with a giant rubber penis? That's what you do when you're 17. If for some reason you become the proud owner of a giant rubber penis, you wave it out the window as you drive down the highway. It's just kind of sort of a rite of passage, what you do. Not that I ever did it, but just the desire to do stupid stuff like that. If you don't do the occasional stupid thing like that when you're 16, 17, 18, I really don't know how you're going through What kind life. of cops arrest uh, kids for that? I don't know. I guess you could say it's causing a disturbance. I mean, it is, you know, it is a distraction. Like, waving anything at people on the road could probably get you arrested because it's not really making a safe environment to have something, you know, like whether it's a a flashlight or whether it's sort of like a, I I don't know. For whatever reason, I could kind of understand it causing unsafe driving uh, driving conditions because, like, if you're driving down the road and uh, you just saw a giant rubber dong wagging out the window, that would be distracting for a second. You might take your eyes off of what you're doing, and it could cause harm to people. Doesn't mean I wouldn't have done it when I was 16, but uh, I think I can understand the comp's perspective on this one. I think you should get a warning, though. I think you should get a warning. Yeah, I don't think you should get arrested. I I think cops should take... Yeah, I think the cops should take into account that you're 16 and you're doing stupid stuff. If I see it again, you're totally getting arrested. So no more (laughs) wagging giant manitalia out the window as you drive down the street, please, okay? Okay. 
I'd like to think this was his second warning. You get <laughs> what else? You again? <laughs> uh, a Georgia boy was... Ah, uh, <laughs> the Olsen boy. <laughs> a Georgia boy was struck by lightning while doing schoolwork in his house. See? Lesson here. Kids, homework kills. You should be out waving giant rubber penises at fellow drivers. <laughs> I posted a list of things that no longer exist on the interwebs. You can check it out on my Facebook page. There's just this list of things that don't exist anymore. Like TRL. Like Squeeze-Its. Those drinks. Crystal Pepsi. And uh, Blockbuster Video as well. And I never really thought about this because I don't think I ever really rented stuff from Blockbuster. Maybe once or twice. But uh, <laughs> this one, like Blockbuster doesn't exist anymore. And this guy posted, F you Blockbuster. F you and your late fees. Who got the last laugh? I don't know if that's just funny to me. But uh, yeah, I find it to be wildly amusing. Every time you see one, it's like, look, a dinosaur. Yeah, I did, well, they, do they still have them? I'm, I think, like, somebody else posted they have them in Mexico still. I was like, oh, okay. They're still around some, a couple of them in so, SoCal. But, I mean, they're okay. like ghost towns. That's funny. <laughs> what do they even rent out? Like, does anybody even have VCRs anymore? I don't know. What would they? Mm. I don't know what they... Uh. I get the, I Didn't they rent video games for a minute? Yeah, there was like a, ga- a game edition green building attachment to the Blockbuster. But, I mean, who? I just found my old card, you know, and it's all laminated and stuff. And it's just like, it seems so uh, old school to go there and go, here's my card. Can I borrow some movies for three days? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Well, there you go. There went one business. Which is, uh, it's tough trying to make it in businesses, whether those businesses businesses are large or small. Which is why, I, I gotta say, I love this story. This isn't something that a lot of people are going to be getting a lot of mileage out of on the air. You probably won't hear it too many places. It's not got controversy. It's nothing juicy. It's not divisive. It's not the story of white on black crime or black on white crime the way we love to, uh, the way we love in this country. It's not something that the KKK or Jesse Jackson or Al Sharpton or right wing Nazi honks can, it's not something they can use to drive a bigger wedge between people. It's not something they can use to divide people so they can be conquered. It's not a way of parting fools with their money, but it's a good story and one that should be covered. There is one good thing happening in Ferguson, Missouri at the moment in the aftermath of the rioting, the looting following the police involved shooting death of 18 year old Michael Brown. Like you and I were discussing while this was going on. Yeah. Let's assume the worst possible situation. Let's say it's a racist, crazy, trigger-happy cop that shot an innocent black boy. 
let's assume all of that is true. How on earth does it make the situation any better? In what world is there any justice in heaving a brick through the local business's window and stealing yourself a television or some Cheetos? Because in the aftermath of all this, a lot of local businesses, ma and pa businesses, small town, small time entrepreneurs just trying to pay their bills, be a part of community, trying to get by in the world, were victimized, vandalized, looted, set on fire. Demonstrators took to the streets, a lot of whom came in from out of town just because they wanted to riot. They wanted to loot under the guise of protesting the shooting. Business owners have been left to foot the bill for the damage. This is where the St. Louis Tea Party stepped in to help. They spread word of this thing called a boycott, boycott event on Facebook. They're hoping to get 20 people to show up and spend their hard-earned cash on businesses, local Ferguson businesses, on the 21st of August. They're hoping to get 20 people. They ended up with about 40 mostly white folks, and this is awesome. They targeted small businesses who are hit hard by violence, violence committed mostly by out-of-town agitators, criminals, vandals, hooligans. I read somewhere, I read somewhere that, uh, oh man, I can't remember the actual number, and this was while everything was going on, but it was a shockingly small number of people that had been arrested that were actually from Ferguson like arrest numbers in the hundreds as you would expect number of people arrested from Ferguson I think oh yeah 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 here it was and this was on August 21st of the 163 people arrested since the shooting of Michael Brown on the 21st of August seven of the people arrested were actually from Ferguson opportunistic agitators, criminals, vandals, hooligans who hit these small businesses and hit them hard. Bill Hennessy, he's one of the uh, local Tea Party members who attended the event. He wrote about his experience in Ferguson and how their, presidents, uh, their presence made residents think and think again about their notions of the Tea Party. He said, a gentleman in the salon Asked who we were. I told him, St. Louis Tea Party. Tea Party, he said? You're bad boys. And chuckled. Then he looked at me very serious. He said, the Tea Party came up here to do this? Oh, yeah, I said. We don't want to see Ferguson go south. He laughed and he looked at me. Then he was quiet. Lost in thought for a minute. When he came out of it, he was our best friend. Laughing, giving us crap about stuff, telling stories. He admitted baseball can be like watching grass grow. In that moment of reflection, I'm sure he was trying to reconcile Tea Party with what he was seeing. White people, aged 18 to 50, laughing, spending money, empathizing. The moment made the whole event worthwhile. Now, you gotta understand, this is Bill Hennessy, the Tea Party dude's highly romanticized account of the whole situation. A mini-novella in which he firmly plays the conquering paladin kindly hero, but... I will say this, it's a fantastic thing to do, and a fantastic illustration of the fact that the Tea Party, do you remember when the Tea Party started out? I was kind of into it. 
I don't know about you, but I get all sorts of spam from various political parties. I think because I sort of like do a teeny tiny bit of talk radio, uh, I've wound up on all these people's mailing lists that I've never signed up for. Christian Consumer, uh, yeah, those guys are basically Satan. If you ever get an email from Christian Consumer advocating that you buy something because purchasing a specific product will get you closer to getting into heaven, uh, you write them back and tell them that they are Satan incarnate and can look forward to a lifetime in the fiery pits of hell, hopefully being spit-roasted by the big multi-headed peni demon himself because they are awful. They are profiting off of religion in the worst way. I'm on their mailing list. Somehow I'm on Herman Cain's mailing list. Don't know how that happened, but I get an email from old Herman on a regular basis. But I get all sorts of spammy email. And when the Tea Party was just sort of like a bit of a twinkle in someone's political eye, I remembered getting all this Tea Party spam email and actually kind of like skimming over some of it and going like, hey, this seems kind of cool. This is kind of interesting. And it seemed like it was an inclusive thing. It seemed like it doesn't matter if you're a Republican, doesn't matter if you're a Democrat. It, it had more to do with the values upon which this country was built some really solid stuff. And I was kind of into the idea of the Tea Party. I was like, oh, that sounds all right. And then somewhere along the way, it got hijacked by the super right. I still think that Hillary for president gave a whole bunch of money to some right-wing people and went, like, form this crazy wackadoo fringe group that will divide the right completely in half and secure my chances of being a president. I, like, I still have this Alex Jones conspiracy theorist part of my brain that says that Hillary Clinton or, or the left in some way, shape, or form has been responsible for the growth and the surge that you've seen in the Tea Party because they realize that they can divide and conquer the right and win the presidency again. That's, that's my idea. But however it got there, the Tea Party has taken some really great ideas. It's like, great ideas, horrible execution, guaranteed to alienate people. Way to, uh, <laughs> way to make the things that you're fighting for that much less attainable. But here's the thing about the Tea Party. Founded on some great ideas. And I think a Tea Party group revealing their human side actively going into an area where they are probably not off the bat super welcome supporting the community spending money breaking down the divide that's the important part breaking down the divide that exists all over this country but especially in ferguson right about now the fingerprints of jesse jackson and al sharpton are all over that town and I guarantee you the sentiment in there, in the black community and in the white communities surrounding it are more divided than ever after they got a chance to work their own particular brand of divisory magic on that whole community. The fact that the Tea Party went in and broke down this divide by just hanging out, spending money, talking, shooting the ass. So valuable, so important, something that we should all be doing. It's this idea that we're all supposed to be the same that I think maybe is where things fall down. Because it's a nice piece of rhetoric, isn't it? Oh, we're all the same. Underneath the skin, we're all the same. And yeah, we are. But through whatever set of circumstances, 
Sadly, your average black person in America will have had a different experience of the world growing up than your average white person. It's not fair, and it's not right, and it's created divides, and it's created cultural differences. It's created gaps of understanding. But I think the real trick is to recognize, celebrate, learn from the differences we have with one another. Whether it's a black-white thing, whether it's a difference in nationality or faiths, respect, celebrate those differences. But most importantly, be around each other. It's a lot harder to stay mad at someone when they're in your face being decent. I say this all the time. I've got this buddy, this stand-up comic, Slade Ham, goes all over the world doing USO shows, entertaining our troops. And when he's not entertaining our troops, he's walking among the people of whatever the hell country he's in. And I love following him on Twitter and Facebook because he'll say things like, oh, in Ethiopia today, found that Ethiopians are the nicest people I've come across in a long time. They smile more easily than any other country I've ever been in here in Ethiopia. And that's just him walking around people that he didn't know anything about the week before. Understanding that they're decent, different, but decent and awesome in their own ways that we could learn some stuff from. And whether that's going to a foreign country like Ethiopia and learning that people are awesome and different in ways that we can learn from, or whether that's going into a town like Ferguson and learning that the folks there are awesome and different in ways that we can learn from, and that we are awesome and different in ways they can learn from. It's so important. It's so vital. And I applaud the Tea Party in St. Louis for doing this. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.